Welcome into the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast. It's Marley Weirda. Brett Barons is joining us uh, literally on the road, in the car. Usually I wouldn't condone podcasting and driving, but it's been a long day for the WCIA 3 sports team as Illinois drops their third straight bragging rights game, 81-78 to 78 over Mizzou. And Brett, I know you've been to plenty of, of bragging rights games, but did this one feel like it? I can imagine the arena was very different. No, it definitely did not feel like a normal bragging rights game. I've been to, I don't even know, several in St. Louis, both as a media member and just as a you know spectator going to watch the game. And this was going to be one of those weird ones. And it did not feel uh, just, it's just weird. And especially with a game of this magnitude where the fans play such an important role, momentum swings and the place is going crazy and because it's half and half you know you have huge cheers on both sides so obviously one side's gonna like a call and the other one's not and tonight with the referees st louis enterprise center would have just been going bonkers 52 total fouls combined in this game it was just a slop fest either both sides and it comes down to illinois not making free throws you can't shoot 60 percent from the free throw line and win many games, and that's what Illinois does tonight, and they don't win because Missouri shoots 83% from the line, and that's a big difference in the game. And, you know, now Illinois 4-2 and two heading into conference play, which starts Tuesday. And, you know, a late night for them getting back. Uh, you know, they got on the plane uh, probably just about now, maybe a few minutes ago for a short flight back to Champaign. Unfortunately – and we're joining you hands-free here on the phone in the car ride back. <laughs> on another podcast after dark, uh, we've got a long drive back here, hoping to be back in Champaign about 3 o'clock this morning. But uh, such is life in 2020 on the road, trying to stay out of hotels, trying to get back and do day trips as much as we can. Uh, but happy to be on two podcasts in one day, Marley. This has been a, a heck of a day. And not the day a lot of nation wanted losing both rivalry games in football and basketball. Yeah, not a great day to be um, an Illini fan. I think I would have, you know, expected the fans to get at least one today. I was kind of thinking, because football had a little bit of a promising start, and I was like, oh, no, if football wins, basketball is going to lose. But then here we are. We get um, neither of them, I guess. Um, so I I think you, you mentioned just kind of like the magnitude of this game. And sort of for me, I felt like, Heading into bragging rights, it it felt like, you know, records didn't matter. I know it's it's really early in, in the season for these teams, but I feel like just because of the rivalry and what this means, like records were out of the question, rankings were out of the question, and to me it, it really just came down to, to what team, um, you know, wanted it the most. Did you feel like Mizzou kind of had a little bit more energy and, and effort that they put into this one? Yeah, I think that was the most disappointing part, especially, and Brad Underwood mentioned it in his post-game press conference, is that the effort and execution just weren't there tonight. And that's the disappointing part with a game of this magnitude. And to close up the non-conference portion of the schedule, you know, I would assume we wanted it, you know, with 36 points tonight, a new career high for him, and a bragging rights Illini record. He left it all out there on the court, but he's most likely going to turn pro after this season and never get to hoist that bragging rights trophy. 
that's disappointing for him. He he was distraught after this game and in, in the media call. You know, there's obviously bigger picture items here, but this is one of those things where when you look back, Io DeSumo is not going to have a bragging rights on his resume. And that's going to be disappointing for him and, and his legacy that he leaves. But Underwood said it afterwards. If Io DeSumo scores 36 points, Illinois is not going to win most nights. He, ha- he tried to take over, and, and he did. Illinois down 13, and it did not look good. Promising for the Tigers that they were just going to run away with this thing at the end. But give credit to the Illini. They did fight back. Missouri goes on a seven-minute scoreless streak, and there we are. Illinois got a chance in this thing. But for as promising as that comeback was, in my mind, the disappointment of finishing five out of their last six possessions empty was just as, you know, heart-wrenching for this team. Because you put so much effort in that comeback, Io Jusumu carries the team on his back. And yet, it's Io late, missing free throws and turning the ball over, that leaves you wanting more. And so... It's tough because, you know, like I mentioned, Io did almost everything you could, essentially. You, you can't argue with him going 13 for 20 from the floor, you know, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. So it's like he did all of those things, but yet still couldn't cap it off. And he had to be exhausted after the game because there was not much production uh, from anywhere else. Kofi has 19 in the game. And Andre Curbelo uh, with 14, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just tough when you're, you're not getting that balanced scoring like we saw the other night at Duke for as encouraging as that was with six scores in double figures. Tonight it's just three, and there was a steep drop-off after that, Marley. Uh, I don't think anyone else had more than four or five for Illinois. So you just had three guys doing all the work. Combine that with fouls his free throws and the fact that they got out rebounded and that's not a you know script for success for this team and brad underwood had a lot to say about the game here's what he said in the press conference after the game yeah i mean when you don't make free throws the ball hits you in your hands and you fumble it you've got a dunk um you know we 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 turn it over turn it over just getting our ball taken i mean just just literally getting our ball taken that's ball toughness and and Missed two free throws and, uh, you know, make a great play and ball hits us in our hands and we fumble it. Uh, that's frustrating. Right. I think I think that was the case last year, too, was the rebounding um, is that Missouri like really um, out rebounded the Illini last season. I don't remember what it was, but I think it was a pretty um, significant margin. But, yeah, this just the balance of the offense, like you mentioned, was just so crazy to me i mean like we talked about in the duke game every like they had multiple players in in double figures and for me the biggest concern with this is just having some of the veterans not carry their weight demonte williams three points i mean i think he's maybe established his identity a little bit as just being more of the defensive guy but i i in my opinion you got to score more than three points trent frazier four um, but I, I think a positive we can 
take away from this is is Andre Curbelo. I think he's showing um, a lot of promise early. Um, I I really like to watch him play. He's like pretty like zippy. I think he's like the fastest guy there um, on the team. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on the freshman and just how he's um, you know been been stepping up these past couple of of games. Yeah, it's Carbello plays 27 minutes tonight is what I had him at. And that's really significant that he is taking over that point guard spot. Uh, and while I don't think he's going to start, I think he's playing starter minutes. I mean, he had just as many minutes as the starters tonight. And to go 5 of 10 from the field and only made 4 of 8 free throws is what I had him at if I remember right. But, you know, that's a positive line for him. Turnovers, he had a couple tonight, but I didn't feel like it was quite as out of control as Duke was. Turnovers an issue, 13 of them tonight, a bulk of those in the first half, um, from what I can remember. you know. But, yeah, I think Carbello's going to play more. Look, Adam Miller's got to give you more than just – I think he only had one bucket. He's got to be able to produce more than that. And after making three of four first-half threes at Duke, you know, was, was pretty silent tonight – and did not attempt a three um, from what I have. So, you know, you got to have more out, out of that. And Trent Frazier only scored four points, like you mentioned, Marley. You know, he only had a couple of shots as well. You've got to have more from Trent. Um, maybe DeMonte doesn't give you quite as much, but that's fine. You know, let him do the defensive thing. And for as good as Iowa was, too, uh, this is nitpicky a little bit, but, you know, he's got six turnovers. That's just as frustrating, and a couple of those were late. Two out of those final six possessions were I.O. turnovers. And and that three ball, I mean, that's not what Brad said. They scripted up for the – not the final uh, – I guess it was the final shot. They waved off the final, final shot after the missed free throw. I don't believe that was actually considered a shot. But the three with about nine seconds to go when I.O. brought the ball down the court, which I thought was interesting, too, that he was bringing the ball. Right. But she wants the ball you know, in your playmaker's hands, but I would have thought they would have run something for him uh, without the ball in his hands and, and then got him a, a look. Brad said afterwards he wanted to, to get Io to the bucket, try and drive, maybe draw a foul because he was doing that so successfully, you know, there in the last four or five minutes of the game. But that off balance, it looked like off of one foot. I, I was on the opposite end of it up high. I didn't get a great mm-hmm. look at it. Uh, but it looked like he went off one foot that's not what they wanted there. And that's the disappointing thing I think as well, that when you're down three with nine seconds left, 10 seconds left, and you got a chance, you know, to try and do something with it. And neither team are making free throws very well. Um, you know, maybe you try to extend the game there. So a sour taste to end the non-conference portion of the schedule. I think this team is going to be fine though. Overall, they've just got to find a way to regroup and you hope that's where IO and the maturity from this team, whether that's Trent DeMonte, uh, throw Georgie into that mix, whatever that leadership looks like. And Georgie was um, not good tonight in, in foul trouble and was really not a much of a yeah, early. He was in foul trouble early. Yeah, no points tonight from Georgie. Like, you, you got to have more out of him to, to be successful. And we saw that the other night when he was pretty good at Duke. And then tonight it's a step back. So, uh, you know, now it's going to be on the leadership to, to refocus, regroup, and try and go out and compete for a Big Ten title. It's 20 game jugular of a schedule starts Tuesday, which is crazy to think about that, you know, we're already into Big Ten play here and we're going to blink if it's going to be March and, you know, we'll find out where Illinois is at, but uh, here we go. 
Right. And they, they have plenty of basketball left to play. Um, you mentioned Io's um, turnovers. He also had just one um, assist tonight. Uh, Curbelo led the team with four. But, Brett, you actually asked Io Desumu in the press conference just about moving forward and, and how do, do they learn from this. And this is what Io had to say after the game. I thought at times we um, everyone was in attack mode. But, you know, maybe we just need some more better ball movement, I guess. We could have definitely executed better. Um, some of those calls down the stretch I definitely – don't agree with um, some of those charge calls, but I thought that, yeah, we just didn't execute. How do you feel like you guys are at now as you head into the conference season overall with what you've shown you can do and then also your shortcomings? Um, I think we just have to, you know, we got to just have short memory play, uh, you know, a great Minnesota team. So we just can't um, allow this to stack. We have to, you know, nip it in the bud and just try to get better. And not a whole lot of words from Io. I mean, you could tell he he was just not happy um, about this game. I mean, you score 36 points and you're unhappy. Of course, they got the the loss, but um, you know, I think he would have wished that he was scoring a career high um, and getting the win. But Brett, there's plenty of of basketball left to play. I mean, you know, how do you see this team? doing in in the first week of Big Ten play that that we'll see starting here shortly? I think this team's going to be fine, but like I said, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a gauntlet of a schedule here. The one thing that Illinois does have going for it, in my mind, is that you get a little bit of an easier start. Last year's start was brutal when they opened up um, at Maryland for the first Big Ten game, then that two... Uh, two for early on, and then you, you restart in January with a trip to Michigan State. That was a really tough start last year for the Illini. It's going to be a little bit better this year, but they're going to be right there with Iowa. I think at the top, Michigan State, and you know the, I look at those three teams as, as the favorites going in to try and compete for this thing, but you know you got so many teams that are really good this year in the Big Ten, and I feel like every year we say this is the best Big Ten year it's ever been, and Look, there's some really, really dang good years there in the 80s uh, and even 90s, 2000s, whatever decade you want to say. But, like, you know, I, I look, you can't take Minnesota for granted, and they're not picked to be a top-half Big Ten team. You know, Marcus Carr is going to present a lot of problems for them on Tuesday, you know, and, and you're going to go to Rutgers, who it's really tough to win at the rack the week of Christmas. You're going to go to Penn State. You know, there, there's going to be some early tests here, and if they can get off to a good start, you know, win three or four games here before the rest of the uh, end of the year, I, I think they're going to be really confident again and, and feel good. But they, they're definitely not feeling very well tonight on the flight home. Yeah, it's definitely going to leave a sour taste in their mouth, I'm sure. But um, maybe that just lights a fire um, under their ass before uh, Big Ten play starts. But, Brett, any final thoughts here before uh, we sign off? No, I think it's just a, a learning lesson, hopefully, for this team that, you know, you got to come out and execute every game. You, you're going to get every team's best every night when you're the number six team in the country. I would expect them to drop a couple, maybe nine, eight or nine. Um, I still think they have a chance to be in the top ten with that Duke win. Although, you know, with, with Duke losing twice in the non-con, I don't think that's necessarily uh, the Duke team that we all think it was or, you know, 
we all think of Duke, but losing at home or, you know, for Duke is significant. They're going to be out of the top 10. I would probably expect Illinois to stay in that um, 9, 8, 9, 10 range, you know, even with the loss. Missouri is going to be ranked. And so, you know, here we go. It's going to be fun. I hope we can get the majority of the 20 games in for the Big Ten schedule. But if 2020 has taught us anything as we turn the page to 2021, which it's got to be better, right, in 2021, let's, let's certainly hope. <laughs> I don't um, think it can get worse. I don't know how it could get much worse. But it's that this team, you know, you're going to have to learn how to be flexible. They're going to have some cancellations most likely. You know, I think it's really, really wishful thinking that every game is going to go off without a hitch and that there's not going to be any problems even though they're testing every day and it's only conference play and all of that. So how do they handle it? And we'll see how they do uh, moving forward here. But I think winning a couple of games here uh, before the turn of the calendar is really important for this team to, to get off in what looks to be an easier start to Big Ten play, but that's always easier said than done. And I think it's good that they got this adversity early. Um, you know, the coaches love to give a cliche, you know, we want to be playing our best game at, at the end of the year. And, you know, I think maybe this is a good early lesson for them. They'll learn from it and then, um, you know, it'll benefit them um, in the long run. But we'll have more, of course, coming on Tuesday as Illinois gets ready to open up the Big Ten portion of the schedule. Um, and you can follow along here on uh, WCIA. And That'll do it for the three and one podcast. Brett, safe travels, and we'll see you here back in Champaign. All right. Thanks, Marley.